The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Nah, 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 come on! On this episode of the Heat Chat Podcast, we give DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls their well-deserved flowers. Yeah, we got to do it, don't we? (laughs) I mean, I'm just stunned by their performance, so can't even do the intro. Discuss the hottest yet most under-the-radar team in the NBA, that's a tease, and dissect how the Lakers managed to fuck up keeping the greatest player of all time on their roster. Not LeBron James, DeMar DeRozan. Just for a few measly million dollars. So go ahead, Brock. Drop that fucking beat. So the Chicago Bulls currently sit in third place in the East. If you remember... I did say, along with a lot of others, uh, other teams and a lot of people, that the Bulls would not be a top four team in the East and that they would finish, at best, sixth. I said they lacked depth. I did say that. And I said they lacked defense. I did say that. I said a lot of mean things about them. (laughs) And wouldn't you know it, 670 the score called me up today and asked me if I'd be interested in talking to them on Thursday. And you know why? Because the Chicago Bulls have made me look foolish. And 670 The Score, our family station, one of the top sports radio stations in the nation, they heard me and they're willing to make me be like, shame. I'm going to go naked through the streets of Chicago. Shame. Shame. That's what that walk is going to be. We're 13 games into the season. There's time for me to be right, but things aren't looking good. I do hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I was wrong because this team, if I am wrong, this team is a monster. They are so fun. Damn it. If the Bulls aren't one of the most fun teams in the NBA, boy, I thought that they would be fun but not successful. You know, like that uh, friend in college who you know is not going anywhere, and but he's always a good time, you know? And then you look up and you're like, Sean Ritter, are you group vice president of Fisher Investments? (laughs) Ritter, prayer. He was a fuck-up boy, but he was fun, and now he is making cheese. He is super successful. That is the Bulls right now. 
So there is a lot to be excited about. Zach Levine, of course, bucket. Lonzo Ball, who knew what Lonzo Ball could be when set free? He is a defensive clamp. He is an assist monster. Vooch, despite his numbers being down, hide the fact that he's actually playing some fucking defense as well, which haven't seen that, didn't see that in Orlando, didn't see that last year. His assists, steals, and blocks are way up while his turnovers are down. Folks, if I'm not speaking fluidly, it's because I got these Invisalign in my mouth. And it's hard for me to talk. So we're going to keep going. But this year for Chicago has really been about one man, DeMar DeRozan. I said some things, called him a mid-level exception guy. To say DeRozan has been unstoppable would be an understatement. He's scored 17 or more in every game this year, and he's dropped 30 four times, over 30. Four times, including back-to-back games against Boston and Philly in which he scored 37 fucking points. He is averaging currently 26-6-4, which is quite a bit higher than his career numbers. <laughs> which are, quite frankly, Dame Lillard and Trey Young numbers. Last year, he averaged 21 for the Spurs. And there was chatter. There was chatter that he was a mid-level exception guy, just like I said. So what the fuck is going on here? Uh, Because this team shouldn't be this good, and quite frankly, DeMar DeRozan should not be this good right now. He's old. He's very old in a league that has seemingly passed him by. A lot of threes people are taking. Uh, and DeMar DeRozan's game does not necessarily match that style of play. Turns out a bunch of people, including myself, have gotten DeMar wrong. He is now blistering team after team after team like it is the DeMar DeRozan revenge tour. He even mentioned today, yes, I took it personally that you guys, the media, all of NBA Twitter called me washed. I took that personally. He said, I can go down the list of just being counted out, being looked over, so many chips on my shoulders that I carry, Yoda, and just wanting to be a winner and wanting to enjoy this ride. We can't play this game forever, so I want to get as much as I can out of it. Yup. How's he doing it? On a recent episode of the Hoop Collective, they made the argument that his success came from Billy Donovan basically making him, forcing him to buy into not shooting threes. And taking more bread-and-butter mid-range shots, and that's actually uh, not true. Uh, Comparing the entire run in San Antonio to this year, he's actually shooting twice as many threes as he did as a spur. From well under one a game to nearly two and a half as a bull. But what he's doing is he's taking open looks because Lonzo Ball Boy is getting him some open ones. Oh, yes. Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan are a match made in heaven like PB&J. He is hitting a career 37% from three. Bulls, like I said, playing unselfish basketball. All five starters, all five starters, averaging four or more assists right now. The Bulls last year only had one player averaging four assists last year. Uh, The Bulls seemingly very fluid, like they've been together forever, and they have eight players that were all on different teams last year. They like each other. On a recent win, 
Damar said, I could not be happy, more happy being in Chicago. And you know what? I think I think it shows. Damar is not just a legit MVP candidate, but he seems to love his new environment, need, love his new teammates, and love being wanted. That's a key piece. He called Caruso one of the highest IQ players that I've played with since I've been in the game. Yes, he is. And DeMar is carrying this team, playing some of the most unselfish basketball in the league. In the Sunday night win over the Clippers, Billy Donovan ran DeRozan and four other defenders with no five at the small-ass Clippers. And the Clippers were like, oh, shit. We got to put in a big man. Let's bring in Hartenstein. And you know what happened? Billy Donovan was like, all right, DeMar, you got to go. You got to sit your ass down. And DeMar was like, that's fine with me. What other superstar player would be okay with when a big man comes in, you're the one that immediately gets subbed out. You are the first man back onto the fucking bench. DeMar DeRozan is. I think it's pretty clear that DeMar DeRozan, man... This is an apology tour. I think it's very clear that DeMar DeRozan is and was the best, most low-key, best pickup of free agency this year. Yep, that's true. And you can tell that there are teams that are like, I should have probably made more of an effort to get him. The Lakers, of course. The Lakers, of course, most obvious fit. Ton of questions. Hey, uh, Rob Plinka, how come you guys didn't go get DeMar and you guys got this Russell Westbrook guy and you had to pay him $50 million a year, 48, and you had to trade a bunch of pieces? DeMar is from L.A., like Russ, and made it very, very clear, I want to go home. Turns out he did meet with Braun twice, spoke with them often about how he and A.D. would fit together. They're like, we need you, DeMar. Come to L.A., DeMar, DeMar, DeMar. And instead, no calls came. No calls came for DeMar. Instead, what you got was in the middle of the night, DeMar DeRozan looking at his Twitter, and it's like, Lakers trade for Russell Westbrook. And you're like, well, I know I'm not going to be on that team anymore. (laughs) You think DeMar was salty about that? I mean, of course he fucking was salty. He was salt bay. This is what he said. I mean, it was a real possibility. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I wanted to come home. You know, I did try and make it happen. I, there was a real possibility of it happen. Uh, parentheses, my my personal quote, not the real quote. Uh, because Rob Plink is a fucking snake and they had multiple moves happening at the same time. Uh, and then he said, you know, things just didn't work out, if you know what I mean. Because, you know, he got snake moved. Damar and Braun and AD make way more sense than Russ and AD and Braun. It makes more sense from a spacing standpoint. It makes sense from a scoring standpoint. It makes sense from a decision-making quality and a salary standpoint. Because if you would have gotten Damar, Lakers, you also could have gotten the next guy, the GOAT, in our next segment, Alex Caruso. You could have. He just literally, Caruso, blasted Rob Plinka for lowballing him. They offered him two years. $14 $14 million a piece. Whew. Cold piece. Lakers, if they had DeMar and the GOAT Caruso, might be a real contender instead of a fraudulent pretender, which they are currently now. As for DeMar, DeMar has scored 103 points in the fourth quarter alone this year. That's the most in the NBA. 
That's 20% better than the next best, Cole Anthony. Let's be real. He plays for Orlando, Cole Anthony, who has 85. Cole Anthony's putting the team on his back because who else is there? DeMar, exactly. DeMar DeRozan is unstoppable. He's unselfish. He's clutch. So we, myself included, see, this is going to be great because I'm going on 670 to score on Thursday. And I'll have this piece up to say, you know what? I did see this before we talked. So let's give DeMar his flowers. DeMar is now the engine behind a team that I would say the entire NBA fan base wants to be good. All we want is the resurgence of the Chicago Bulls. I don't even know how to redo the sound, but you know what I'm saying. And now I might just become, as a result, another meme. Yikes. Like the way she worked, ayy. Always puts me first, ayy. And I know I've been around, but I swear you got the best on we call him the GOAT Alex Caruso is it's a joke. Like it's literally was a meme. It's literally he was also coined Caruso, the janitor, all these different names. He was like a folk hero. And a couple of years ago, I would not have believed you if you would have told me that he was one of the reasons that the Lakers were world champions. But he was. And he was the reasons that they are struggling because this undrafted, regular-ass dude-looking guy with his headband, with a receding hairline that, I mean, is just absurd, out of Texas A&M, nicknamed the gender, left L.A. for Chicago, and that's the reason that they're struggling. Well, and Russell Westbrook. When did we go from joking about the GOAT Caruso? Literally, people, when you say the GOAT Caruso, because you have to say it, if you're not in on the joke, people squint. They make weird faces. Why are you calling him the GOAT? How did he go from being the joke GOAT, which people on TikTok are going to get so mad about because they, they, the joke has gone so far that it's now back to being real. So I'm going to get slandered for saying he's a joke GOAT. He's the real GOAT to them, but it's still a joke in their heart, if you know what I mean. To a critical part of really two good, really teams. Two really good teams. He was a nice little role player who wore a headband and like looked like he worked um, at Best Buy <laughs> to being a guy that DeMar DeRozan says has the best, highest basketball IQ he's ever played with. I think he might actually be better than people realize. He is second in the NBA in steals. Excuse me. At one point when the article from The Athletic was written, he was leading the league in steals, and that was a day ago. A guy that was nicknamed the janitor because he said, someone's got to clean up. Someone's got to do the dirty work. Someone's got to work hard. He is leading the league in steals until just yesterday. Honestly, to me, he should be nicknamed the cookie jar because he's fucking taking everybody's cookies all day long. Stealing cookies. Alex fucking Caruso, undrafted, out of Texas A&M, leading the league in steals? And you wanted to give him $7 million a year? God damn. He looks like, to me, the guy you'd see uh, who plays basketball in, like, forest green sweatpants. You know? That has, like, a sweatshirt and sweats on and, like, socks that are up high and the headband. 
and you see him and you're like, this guy has got to be trash, but he tries really hard. That is Alex Caruso, but he is actually better than that. Like, he honestly, he's like if, if Taco Fall could actually play, you know? He's a, he's a folk hero meme icon that's become a real player. Like, he looks like he, uh, we're going to slander him while we're giving him his flowers, I guess. He's 24, and he looks 38. If you can believe this, Alex Crusoe had a receding hairline in middle school. Hey, <laughs> is what? Now, he's making waves. Why? Because he sat down with J.J. Redick and spilled the tea on what the Lakers did to him. He said they offered him less than 50. So, J.J. Redick is like, hey, uh, blink twice if they offered you more than $15 million for two years. Blink once if they offered you less. And he blinked once. He offered them two years, $14 million. And let me tell you this. Now, boy, Laker fans are sick. They are pissed. Rob Palinka, they've got the little pitchforks out, and they're ready to come for Rob Palinka and Jeannie Buss and the rest of the Buss family that are cheap as fuck, and they didn't want to sign the GOAT. They did not want to put the GOAT with the GOAT to win rings, Right? And then they, then they ended up inexplicably picking up some randoms, veteran minimum guys. Yeah. Like, let me just, let's play a little game. Who would you rather have on this list than Alex Crusoe? Kendrick Nunn? No. Wayne Ellington? No. Malik Monk? No. Avery Bradley? Certainly not. Kent Bazemore? Certainly not. Rajon Rondo? No. Trevor Ariza? No. Seiku? No. DeAndre Jordan? No. THT? No. Like, they chose THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, over Alex Crusoe. They had to pay one of them. Chose Taylor, whatever. But I, truthfully, like, even might not take Carmelo over Alex Crusoe. Like, Alex Crusoe can play defense. And now, this is how much the Lakers miss him. This is, a, this is now where we're at. In his first game back to L.A. as a Chicago Bull, the Lakers played, they created and played. They produced, created, and played for the entire Staples Center a, an Alex Caruso tribute video. Like he was dead. Like he was dead. He's right there. He was an undrafted guy. Off the bench who averaged 5.5 points a game for you. And you just created a montage video to be played in the arena to ch- play, pay tribute to Alex Crusoe like he was Chick Hearn. How big of a player, how impactful of a player do you have to be in order to get a tribute video while you are still like a non-post-posthumous, non-post... It's hard to say with the non... The Alive video. And the Tributes Boy came in. The Flowers came in. Frank Vogel called him one of his favorite players that he's ever coached. Noted his winning habits, his winning DNA. This is what he said. He's a glue guy. Makes up for a lot of stuff. That's such a shady thing to say. Makes up for a lot of stuff. Can handle most matchups. Has great intelligence and toughness. How do you not love a guy who plays as hard as Alex does? Sounds like he wanted to keep him. His winning habits and DNA is a big part of the Bulls' resurgence. He was one of my favorite guys I've ever coached. 
Sounds like Frank Vogel wishes he had him still. DeMar DeRozan said this, one of the smartest players I've ever played with. Alex will definitely be a head coach in the NBA after he's finished playing. You'd think he'd be in the league 15 years the way he speaks about the game, gives advice. He's the loudest voice in the locker room a lot of times. J.J. Redick said, Alex Crusoe to me is one of the most underrated free agent additions this past offseason. He's been tremendous for the Chicago Bulls. Even Steve Kerr, randomly. Alex Crusoe's great. Really happy to see him go to the Eastern Conference, though, because I don't want to play against him. Tough, smart, great pickup for the Bulls. LeBron James, my brother forever. So you might be asking, with all this praise, these tributes, why the fuck? Did the Lakers let him walk? A lot of people want answers. The answer really is two words. Really one word. Money. Two words. Genie Bus. Another two words. Rob Polinka. Alex Crusoe told The Athletic, It wasn't like the Lakers didn't want me back or that I didn't want to come back. We won a championship together, and to do that again would be awesome. Alex wanted the full level, full mid-level exception, four years, $40 million. Lakers tried to box out other contending teams so that they would be limited to the taxpayer mid-level of section, of section, exception, excuse me, the invisible line, $5.8 million a year so that teams like the Warriors, Clippers, Bucks could not swoop in and steal Caruso. And that was a terrible plan <laughs> cooked up by a bunch of idiots, truthfully. Because the Wolves and Bulls offered more, a lot more, than the Lakers did. And so they thought they were going to keep Alex Crusoe at a low ball rate. And no, no, no. Alex Crusoe, the GOAT, got offers for real money. Caruso told his agent and said, yo, tell the Lakers 2-20 and and I'll stay. The Lakers stood firm on three years, $21 million. An extra year for a million dollars? You serious? Athletic noted, faced with going deep into the luxury to retain one of their most valuable role players, the Lakers balked. Cheap as fuck. These people are cheap. Who cheap? Alex signed with the Bulls four years, $37 million, $30 million guaranteed. That's a lot more money. Yeah. And just like that, see, this is another positive piece about the Bulls. Damar and Lonzo and Alex Crusoe changed the entire outlook for the Chicago Bulls. Now, what I was wrong about, Bulls have top five defense this year. A lot of that, Alex Crusoe. Hustle, grit, janitorship. And now he's even more important in the lineup because Patrick Williams got hurt. He's out for a while now. Alex is playing the four now. By the way, for those who don't remember because it was just 12 months ago, he played the one for the Lakers. He played the backup one or two for the Lakers. He's playing four for the Bulls. The league is changing, man. Caruso had four games so far this season with four or more steals. Clamps. Four or more steals in one game four times, and we're only 13 games in the season? Man. So, for his part, the janitor really does have a chip on his shoulder that goes back to being undrafted. He said this, 32 teams thought that I wasn't good enough to play in the NBA. That's something I just carry every single game that I play. Try and prove I'm supposed to be on an NBA roster. So that is why Alex Crusoe is a folk hero. 
that they made a tribute for, like he died, despite the fact that he averaged just six points a game. I mean, the guy does everything possible to look like a janitor and still seems perplexed to to think, like, he was like, I am a world-class athlete. I look, I'm 6'5". I'm athletic. It's like, but Alex Crusoe, look at your face. Look at your face. Remember, it's on TVs that are much smaller. We can't tell you're 6'5". Like, for me, in my mind, you're 5'6". So disrespectful. Here's the truth. The Lakers fucked up. Caruso is basically the Trayvon Diggs of the NBA. He is picking people's pockets, letting him walk. Boy, turned into a massive mistake. And now that he's got a bigger role in Chicago, I think the Lakers think it's even more of a mistake. I think we're starting to see Alex Crusoe's even more valuable than he was last year. And if the Lakers continue to struggle defensively going forward, it's not because of KCP. It's not because of Kuzma. It's not because of Russ. It's because they lost Caruso. This is probably going to go down as one of the reasons that the Lakers' season is a failure. And if the Lakers don't win another ring, which is kind of likely, maybe we should be asking LeBron James why he didn't push harder for his brother to stay on this roster like a goat would do. Because nobody saw what Braun saw, the intangibles, the tangibles, and Caruso leaving might be one of the greatest mistakes in Laker history. Shout out to Brittany. Britney's free now. She gets to control her own life again. Free Britney, the movement. We succeeded. What a song. What a jam. I think she was still free at this point when she came out with the song. So that's probably why folks forgot it, because the family that was controlling her just didn't put it out. Anyway, you know that we as basketball fans, we get we get caught up with the first few games. Like, we see a team start, start hot. They're a hot team. We see a team... Go cold, they're a cold team. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if the first four games like set them in stone in our mind because that's when our attention is the highest. So we see Chicago, Golden State, Denver, hot, hot, hot. And, and like you're thinking, okay, to me, this happened a bit too after the Suns lost to Portland because Portland is a trash team. We are a trash team and maybe we won't be. But right now, currently, even after we beat Toronto, nice little win, got some depth, Nasir Little, little coaching, Portland is not a good team. So you lose that team, I'm going to tune you out. They were 1-3. The Suns were 1-3. So we're thinking to the world, we're kind of thinking, you know, okay, they're a nice little team last year. They're a nice little story. And that's my bad. But the question that I have is, how the fuck are the Suns legit the, like, actually, the definition of the hottest team in basketball? They have won nine straight. Nine straight. And no one has seemed to notice. Like, they were one and three, and then they haven't lost since. They were one and three, haven't lost since. They've rattled off, like I said, nine straight wins, and nobody, nobody has said a peep. Not the NBA countdown, not Stephen A., nobody. It's like it doesn't even exist. They're second in the West, the same place that they ended last year. 
Who knows? Maybe it's the Aiton contract situation. People are thinking, oh, there's drama there. They're going to lose Aiton, blah, blah, blah. Or possibly maybe it's because Sun's owner, Robert Sarver, has been accused of pretty much everything. Pretty much is racism, sexism, all the isms. All the isms under the sun. Uh, under the suns. Maybe it's because hardly anyone except for me and people from Phoenix bought into the Suns and Four. I was a part of the Suns and Four movement. And they thought that their run was fraudulent. Like a lot of people were like, okay, they're a nice little team. They shouldn't be good. But they came up because other teams got hurt. And also, maybe it's most likely because the Suns play at, like, almost midnight on the East Coast. And so half the country has gone night-night sleep mass. Can't just stay up for games if you're working uh, at the factory or wherever you work. I don't know. Obviously, I'm out of touch about what the economy is doing right now. At Google. Maybe you could go to bed late if you work at Google. But probably not. 11.30 tip-off? Like, come on, son. Come on, son. That's too late for Suns games. But here we are again. The Suns have the longest winning streak in the NBA, and hardly anyone is saying anything about it just like they did last year. Get ready, though. We are going to talk about it. So when you look at the numbers of the Suns, there's a couple of things that jump out. First of all, everyone is down around 10% statistically from last year's championship run. Booker is averaging 22-6-6. and CP3 is at 14-10-4. And and Aiton Aiton is at 14-11-1. A-10 is hard to say with the Invisalign. So if everyone is off a little, why are the Suns so good? Well, the numbers probably are a little skewed due to the rule changes. Probably the trash-ass Wilson Ball. But mostly, it's about this team actually getting better and more deeper that has their stats going down. So it's actually an indication that this team is more more likely to succeed than it was even last year. Adding pieces like Landry Shamet, like Alfred Payton. Like JaVale McGee, Jamel McGee, and also getting contributions from Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank has been balling. Takes the pressure off the big three. Frank Kaminsky scored 31 points in a recent win. Frank Kaminsky scored 31 points. Yeah, they are deep. They are, I don't know, it's inexplicable. Take Monday night's game against the Timberwolves, for example, at the Target Center. At the Target Center. That's the definition of a trap game. Why? Well, the Wolves have been underperforming lately, but they have a lot of talent. This is a team the Suns went to the final, so they got a target on their back. As soon as they come to town, everybody knows. This is the game on the calendar. We need to show up, show out, and show ourselves, and show the world we're not scrubs. Okay. And then the Wolves punched him in the mouth, took it to him. They were up late. But in the fourth quarter, when the game was tight, Phoenix, they looked Cool as cucumbers. This is why you know they're legit. Whereas, I mean, Minnesota was just taking random threes from out of nowhere. Aunt Edwards chucking from the corner off of one leg. Just panicking. Just panicking. Booker and CP3 took over in the mid-range. They're running well-executed sets. They're cutting around through screens. Mid-range. Mid-range. CP3's hitting crossover step-back threes. Phoenix ended up with a close win on the road that truthfully a less-seasoned team would lose. And that's the Phoenix Suns in a nutshell. They're, they're deep. They have a lot of defense. They have a lot of scoring. But when it gets tight and the game's on the line, it's, it's CP3, it's Devin, 
And then when you get too close, too used to CP3 and Devin, then they lob it down to DeAndre. Because you're now playing for those moves, and because they're successful in those first moves, now it's opening up other things for them as well. And now they can just go night-night. Now they're cooking you in multiple ways. They cooked you with the barbecue first. Then they fried you. Now they got you in the bake. Now you're in the air fryer. fryer. Saute, bake, air fry. Efficient cooking. Clean cooking. That's what the air fryer is known for. Clean cook. You get it out and it's just fried up. Crispy as can be. No oil or nothing. You don't even know what happened. You just have fried chicken on your plate. And that was the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just a fried chicken on the plate and no one knows how it happened or why it happened or when. Last Last night, Ant Edwards did look like he was in a little bit of an air fryer. That's what he did in the fourth quarter. Didn't even realize he was being cooked. Efficient ass cooking. Everyone last year thought that they were a cute little story when they got Chris Paul. Like, ah, they could be a six seed. I mean, they did really well in the bubble, and they missed the playoffs. They won every single game. Devin Booker went nuclear all the time. He became a meme. He's underrated. Blah, 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 blah. Then they ended up being a two seed. And then according to all the haters, the only reason that they made it to the finals, including actually Alex Crusoe, the GOAT, said if it wasn't for Anthony Davis being injured, they wouldn't have even gotten out of the first round, which was a lie. That was a lie. So, okay, you're thinking they overperformed expectations due to injuries last year. Now they're one and three, back to what they should be, mediocre. No, that is not it. That's not true. People are like, oh, he's this, this is the sons I know and love. Losers. <laughs> but nobody's really talking about the fact that a team that should have won the finals. This is the thing. The team that should have won the finals, the team that should have won the championship, might have been one of the only teams that truly got better. They added depth and a front court, and apparently Frank Kaminsky is now God. So if they can stay healthy, they are going to be very, very scary. And you heard it here first on November 17th, 2021. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. Now that we're in the new studio, we will be back to our normal Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. We'll be back early Friday morning with all the latest happenings in the league. Do not forget to follow us on at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, anywhere that you find your podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, download. Also, there's some haters in there. There's some Philly people saying we stink just because they love Ben Simmons and I was right. So please write some positive reviews for me, folks, and we will see you early squirrely Friday morning.